44 days since she detonated her life, and she's in the coffin acoustic of a phone box, pretending to search her pockets for change. Not that there's anyone to perform to. The road remains quiet. No cars pass. She checks her watch for the third time. 6.58am. Only just daylight. A low grey mist, melting the edges of things. Across the road, above the hedge, the rusted top bar of the swings and the slide's wooden scaffold. No sign of any activity there, which makes her heart thump with relief. Her nose itches, but it feels like a dangerous distraction to scratch it, so she flares her nostrils instead, takes in the cool box smell of metal and piss and the sweat of strangers' fingers. And then the phone rings. In her panic, she nearly knocks the receiver from its cradle, but catches it just in time. Monica's voice. They've left. Then the dialing tone. She goes to replace the phone, but her whole arm is suddenly numb, and the receiver misses, falling with a clatter. It begins to swing ominously on its cord, the dialing tone wailing out. Though it would take a matter of seconds to replace it, something tells her not to stop. She pushes open the door and emerges into the cool, wet-leaf air. She thinks the whole street will hear the phone's lament. She has 25 seconds to clear the scene. In 10, she's crossed the road and is through the park gate. This is the signal for Cat, the purr of a car engine a few hundred yards away. She should keep walking briskly through the park, but something makes her turn, glance back towards the road. And then she sees it, negotiating a pavement pothole on the phone box side of the road, a woman with a pushchair. Tonya stops. There isn't time. No time to shout a warning, and if she goes back, she'll be caught up in it. Even here, she's too close. Stands at the top of the path, paralysed. Cat in the distance calling, What the fuck are you doing? What the fuck, Tonya? Tires of a car on the wet tarmac, and then the street before her splinters. She sleeps for hours. At least that's how it seems. And then a long low note, as though from a stringed instrument. A cello, is it? The sound seems to oscillate. The light is very bright. She had thought her eyes were open, but now she opens them for real. On her back on the path, the sky thick with clouds, the threadbare late autumn trees, Still the impossible cello plays. But the birds around the park have fallen silent. And then a baby starts to cry. She scrambles up, sways back towards the road. Cat has disappeared. The car is a mangle of twisted, blackened metal. Flames lick around its eviscerated engine. She doesn't need to look inside to know that no one could have survived that. And in the road, just beside the car, something she cannot understand. A woman's arm.
still sleeved in a pale blue raincoat. On the middle finger, an outsized ring in daffodil-coloured resin. Focus. Focus on the child's crying. Turn towards the sound. A little way along the pavement, an upturned pushchair. A toddler, with its legs in the air, kicking furiously against the sudden wrongness of its world. And though Tonya's not aware of moving, somehow she is there, turning the pushchair right way up and propelling the child, still screaming along the pavement and into the park. Her heart beats so loudly she thinks it must be audible. Passing the playground, she wonders absurdly for a moment whether she should stop to give the child a turn on the swings. Behind her, the street is coming to its senses. Shouts and cries. Cars coming to a sudden halt. She waits for the footsteps that will inevitably follow her. But nothing. At the park's far gate, she dares to look back over her shoulder. But she's still alone. Jörg and Kat and the car have gone. This does not surprise her. The only course is to keep moving forwards. She's no idea where she's going, but instinct tells her to choose roads that lead as far from the park as possible. After half a mile, the movement of the pushchair seems to calm the child and it falls quiet. A few streets later, she finally stops and peers over the hood to look at her loot. Oblivious to its own disaster, the child is asleep. It's a boy, about 12, 14 months old, his face still flushed from crying, snot crusted around his nostrils. An elderly woman stops to tilt her head down at him. Aren't they beautiful when they're asleep? Tonya smiles and nods before walking on. She has to get him back to Friedrichstrasse. Pushing the chair, she looks around for landmarks but doesn't know this neighbourhood, has no way to navigate. She comes to a main road and decides to follow it, although she's aware of all the cars passing, of all the eyes inside the cars. She expects one to screech to a halt beside her, for someone to jump out and shout, That's not your child, what are you doing, what the fuck are you doing? She cannot think about the thing she saw on the road. She spots the green and white of an S-Bahn sign ahead, surges forwards. Outside the soot-blackened sandstone of number 19, the child once more comes to consciousness. He looks up at Tonya as she navigates the front door, looks up at the grand archway with its oak-leaf decorations, its bas-relief head of a woman, whose mouth is slightly open, as though caught in mid-sentence. He takes in this unfamiliarity, knows he does not care for it, screws his face into a preemptive expression of complaint, and then, after a dramatic pause, lets loose a piercing wail. Tonya feels suddenly exposed on the pavement, as bleary-eyed schoolchildren and workers hurrying south to Hallish's tour station weave around her. Across the street, the owner of the small Turkish cafe is using a metal rod to pull out his pavement awning in readiness for the day. Muttering ineffectual words of comfort to the child, 
she struggles with the pushchair through the front door into the checkerboard tiled hallway and up two flights of stairs. On the other side of the flaking brown paint, she can hear raised voices. But when her knuckles hammer at the door, the voices stop and the door swings open. The apartment's narrow vestibule is suddenly full of people staring at her. As she pushes the child forward into the future.